I'm Jamie Green, and this is Trading Fours. everyone. Welcome to the third installment of Trading Fours, the podcast where I chat with Kansas City musicians. You know, sometimes people ask me about the things I like about making music, and my list is pretty long. I love playing the guitar quite a bit. I love collaborating with my bandmates and getting to play live shows where I get to see people's reactions when we play the songs that they love. But you know, one of the things you might not instantly think of are the friendships that I develop with folks that I don't even play with. But that's definitely one of the things I love. And today's guest is a great example. Badass bassist, vocalist extraordinaire, and my buddy, Elisa Jefferson. As you can hear, Elisa brings it when it comes to music. She's in two kick-ass bands, Radial Red, which you're hearing right now, and Mad Libby. Oh, and Elisa also works a full-time job and is married. How does she juggle it all? Find out in this fun conversation I recently had with her. How are you? Good. How are you? I got you here. I know. Finally, right? You're a little scared? No. A little nervous? Not at all? Good. No. Maybe just a little. (laughs) It's all good. So first (laughs) thing I always ask folks, I kind of want to hear about how it started. Like, when did you first think, hey, I'd like to pick up an instrument or be a musician? Do you know when that happened? I was pretty pretty young like the age of probably three or four i remember being in my uh parents kitchen digging out all the uh, tupperware and uh pots and pans from the kitchen cabinets sitting on the floor pounding away with some wood spoons um so that's kind of where it started you know the good old donnie and marie Mm -hmm. you remember that show you and i are about the same age yeah so. so my brother and i would you know uh dance around the house pretending like you know we were donnie and marie with microphones up to our face and that's cute yeah jackson five you know so yeah that's uh that's pretty much when it started and you grew up here grew up in kansas city Uh just one sibling or one sibling are are your parents at all musical or uh no okay (laughs) no interestingly enough so my brother was in choir i think my mom played the flute Okay. For a short stint when she was in uh, elementary school, dad took up some guitar lessons, but I don't think that really amounted to much. Right. Um, so, but music was always in our family. My uh, parents divorced when I was seven, but I just remember even before then, mom always had, you know, Motown mm-hmm. records on, Tina Turner and Ike, and right. just everything you can imagine playing through our stereo. So That's I have great. to... Probably, really leave it up to her. Yeah, probably good memories that. then. Yeah, from that. very good memories of the music. Yeah. So, so I looked. I looked at. I didn't stalk you too much, but I did go to Reverb Nation, and I think it, it said that you were on. Che- you played cello first, or I was, played viola. Viola. That's yeah. Right. Started playing viola when I was ten in the fourth grade, and that went through high school, and right. and uh, really enjoyed that. Orchestra so. the whole nine yards. Yep. Whole nine yards. Yeah. It's amazing how many of us cool rock and roll people are band nerds yeah (laughs) exactly so when did the bass come about so the bass came about after viola um after guitar i actually got my first acoustic guitar from my mom and stepdad for christmas when i was 13 Mm -hmm. and uh 
wrote a few, you know, original songs back then, what you thought were originals. You didn't even really know the chords, but you thought, oh, this kind of sounds cool. Um, did that and then uh, bought my first drum set when I was like 23, I think I was. Um, and did that for a little bit, you know, thought, oh, I'm going to be in a rock band someday. And, you know, that never happened until uh, my ex and I did start a band called Morning Fix. Um, and that's when I decided to pick up bass. Okay. And uh, Johnette Napolitano was a big, heavy, heavy icon of mine through uh, Concrete Blonde. And so I actually found a bass just like hers. Right. It's a Fender Precision Light. Right. Out there at, uh, God, what was it called? It's out in, in Raytown off 350 Highway. Do you remember the name of that? No. That probably God, predates me. a long but, time ago. Yeah. But anyway, that was a cool. So this is cool your first thing. spouse then you were in a band with? Uh, first, yeah. Or second time. Basically girlfriend. We weren't ever married. Right. So, of course, well, you couldn't get married back that's then. That's what I was saying. You couldn't get yeah, married back then. I don't even. think I would have, though. <laughs> right. But it killed, the, <laughs> it killed the relationship. Was that what did it, or was there other things involved? No, there were definitely other things involved. Okay. But, yeah. And what did she play? She played guitar. Okay. Well, yep. you can't trust guitar players. Right. They're just terrible people. <laughs> so that band was called Morning Fix. We played for about two years um, around Kansas City and Columbia, Missouri. Um, that's about as far as... So was it all covers or... All original. All, all original. Uh-huh. That's a tough, yeah. tough road to hoe, man. It was. But back in that time, mm-hmm. original bands were really, really... Uh, there was a good movement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Pamper the Madman uh, was playing around back then, and aren't they playing with you guys like coming up? Yep, coming up with Mad Libby, yeah, November thirtieth. Yeah, so I that'll be fun. I did my homework. Yes, you did. That's right. Yes, yeah. you did. Um, well, that's cool. So you're doing that. How old would you have been when you were doing this band? I Mid-20s? was. Yeah, I would say I was twenty-five to thirty-ish, right. somewhere in there. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. And then you, when did you say, hey, I'm a lead singer? When did that come about? 25 to 30-ish, yep. Same <laughs> so time. So I was singing and playing bass at that time. Yeah. Uh-huh. I always have dug your voice. You've well, got a nice, thank strong you. rock and roll voice. Thank so, you very much. Concrete Blonde, obviously, that's a very, since I play in a 90s band, I obviously, I, I would have known about them anyway. Um, anybody else that you just like, I like their, either their bass playing or their singing. So, you know, bass playing, that, God, that spreads quite a, quite a ray between... You know, obviously, Red Hot Chili Peppers, right. you know, with the funk. And uh, Cheryl Crow played bass. I mean, Johnette played bass. There was a lot of female bass players at that time. Can't think of her name, but she was with the Smashing Pumpkins yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um, Rob Hole. Zombie. I, I thought Rob Zombie's bass player was cute. Yeah. I don't remember her name either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Sean, terrible with names. Well, it's been 25 years, right? right? <laughs> but I mean, you know, I, I like... Rock with a blues edge. I always have been more gravitated to that voice. So like Johnette, mm-hmm. um, and as of most recently, really dig uh, Danielle Nicole band. Okay, yeah. Um, she's more blues oriented, but I mean, just that growling yeah. blues. I just love that. I mean, and it's from the heart. Teeny, like she's not very big, tall. I mean, I she, who's that? Uh, Danielle Nicole. Yeah, she, uh, we had, uh, is she tall? <laughs> she is actually. Okay. Have you seen her platforms that no. she wears? That's why she looks tall. Okay, yeah. Like, I was, she, had, my only <laughs> Daniel Nicole, obviously I've seen her play a ton and I'm a sure. big blues hound, so I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know Ian Moore a little bit. 
Okay. Um, and and anytime Ian's in town, I I do his merch for him because I, he should be a lot more successful and have a lot more money and you know the sure. whole. I, I just feel that he should be you know somebody that people know about. So a very small way, I say, hey, I'll do your merch for you as a, a thank you for how he's he's still out on the road all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think he was either opening for her or they were open anyway. It was it was down at Knuckleheads and uh, I didn't know who she was. She was had a cap on. Was not dressed to be on stage, and she was like doing merch and stuff. So it took me about five minutes to figure out it was actually her, and I'm uh, sure she thought I was an idiot. But and she probably had regular shoes on. Totally, yeah, totally. <laughs> so so much shorter. But yeah. she's a left-handed bass player, so yeah. it's a little awkward to look at, but it's cool, you know. Yeah, her and Paul McCartney. Right? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that uh, that's definitely probably one of my favorite bands right now. Here in town, as far as yeah, local. Well, you're kind of a nut, and I say that out of love because <laughs> I'm a yeah I'm I'm managing our band, mm-hmm. uh, and you've got a band that you're managing, and I assume you're booking, and you guys write original music, mm-hmm. and you got a day job, yes, right, insurance, right? Uh, I do commercial insurance underwriting, right? So uh-huh. you got all that going on, and you say, hey, why not join another band, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. How did that come up? So this so is how Mad- do I sleep? Is yeah, what you're yeah. I don't think you do much. <laughs> so tell me a little bit. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Mad Libby, and then we're going to go back and talk about Radial Red. So okay, um, I was lucky enough. Thank you. You invited us to come see you guys uh, opening up before Hart and uh, Joan Jett. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was, and I meant this. You look like you'd been in the band a long time. Uh, it did not seem like you'd only been doing it for a month. Wow. <clears throat> So what was that like? Why why did you say yes? What was the call? How did it happen? So we played with them at Voodoo back mm-hmm. in June. Um, it was for their June jam, as they called it. And uh, I think they, they knew they were going to be losing their bass player at that time. And also at that time, they had a uh, singer doing backup vocals. And I think, you know, the way Mad Libby wanted it, always wanted it was to have, you know, obviously a a bass player, preferably female who could sing. And when you put those two things together as easy as it sounds, it's really hard to find somebody. There's not many people that do it. Um, And, you know, uh, Jennifer Roswald, she's an awesome writer. I mean, she can write songs with a hook like nobody. And, you know, the first time we talked about joining up together was probably eight or nine years ago. Okay. And at that time, I just wasn't really in a good place. Um, You know, I wasn't really about playing somebody else's music. I wanted to kind of do my own thing. Sure. Um, And so when they, uh, their band manager, Daphne, reached out, I think it was around the 1st of July, she's like, hey, we'd really like to have you join. We, you know, have some big things going on. Uh, You're a great bass player, and we'd love to, you know, have you as an addition to the band. And so I said, well, let me think about it and, right. and I'll get back to you. And so I did. I, I thought about it for a few days and uh, decided, you know, I'm not getting any younger. So why not? Yeah. So and they're yeah, fun. it's been it's, great. I, I appreciate the stage, you know, the stage show and the lights and the merch. And then like, I mean, there, there's a lot of thought and process put into this. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. And great. all of each of their band members, uh, they do put in a, quite a bit of you know, they participate in what's going on. And, and, uh, Dana does a lot of the people probably don't know this, but she does a lot of the, you know, here's what we're going to do with the set list. Here's how we're going to, you know, have the songs move in from each other. 
Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the stage, you know, the show, she's she's kind of behind the scenes on that. Right. So that's very that's cool. awesome. So I when I first met you and you're still doing this, this is Radio Red, which is your band. That's uh-huh. a, it's a three piece. So you kind of got that rush power trio thing going right <laughs> yeah where Something the bass like player that. is the lead singer mm-hmm. um and you guys do originals mostly i know you do a few a little bit of cover so tell me about these you know your two bandmates and how all this started and that so, so we started back in probably 2015 um barb and i met through the kansas city music women's network okay uh she had reached out to me through their site and said hey you know i'm a drummer i just started taking lessons I uh, noticed that you're a bass player and singer. I think it'd be a lot of fun to get together. And uh, so we did, and we hit it off really well and uh, decided, you know, we probably need a guitar player. So, hmm, who's that going to be? Well, I had reached out through Craigslist on an ad for a singer. And uh, Scott and I actually used to work, not directly together, but we were basically like one of his clients. Okay. Um, And we'd lost touch for many, many years probably what would that have been um 15 years i guess it would have been um and so it was his ad okay. ironically and so you know the more we talked about it i was like hey you know why don't you come over and check out this band that you know we're putting together and so he brought his guitar over and and that's all she wrote i mean we all hit it off uh you know we've collaborated we've written a lot of good music together um you know, it's easy to write a song in a room by yourself, but when you get two other people equally involved, it, it becomes a little more challenging and the mm-hmm. songs are probably fewer between, but when they come together, it's pretty magical. That's great. Yeah. So Barb actually had just started playing when she reached out to you. How long had she been playing? She, I want to say she had been taking lessons for maybe a year. Okay. Um, before I would never that. know that. She's a, she's a solid drummer. Yeah. So. Um, she took, uh, she took bass lessons. She played bass for quite a while, and she's okay. actually a really good bass player too. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's that's how that started. And so and this, and this woman's network. Tell me a little bit about that, and I have a follow up. Yeah, that's okay. So Kansas City Women's Music Network was actually started by uh, Marva Bassett, and now Amanda O'Brien is the uh, president of the uh, network, and so. Again, going back to Craigslist, I remember Marva put a Craigslist, hey, all women need to come together, you know, message me if you're interested in joining this group. So I did, and that's kind of how that started. Okay. And I think they have, I'm not quite sure exactly how many um, members, but I want to say it's probably close to 150-ish. So yeah, it's it's a pretty good network. That's cool. Yeah. See, I, I... I like doing a podcast. I learn things every time I do because I go. had no idea. There you go. Um, and I have to ask because, and I'm, I'm going to preface this with kind of my background a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I grew up with my mom as, you know, uh, she taught PE, right? So mm. I, I, sh- oh, cool. I shot hoops with my mom and threw a baseball with my mom. That was not what I did with wow, my dad. Wow, that's cool. And I have three older sisters. So <clears throat> that kind of dynamic of having, whether it's women in your life or women as your boss or women in your band, it never even occurred to me, much less been a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know, unfortunately, there's some guys that do have a problem with it. Uh, and I can't tell you how many times. So my band, my bassist is a Stephanie Shelton, who's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we yeah, get comments is. all the time like, oh, you got a woman in your band. Like, I don't know why that's such a surprise, but it is a surprise. And, and if it's a woman, she's thrilled. Like, you know, uh-huh. you got a woman in your band. So I'm kind of curious because obviously... 
I'm a 51 year old white heterosexual male. So I don't know what, like how much of that do you still have to put up with in 2019? Is it still a big it's deal? Still, yeah. So it really still kind of, so is. tell me a little bit about it. Cause I think it's important that people know about it. Um, you know, I, for me personally, I haven't ran into it as much directly and I don't know why I don't know if it's just being at the right place at the right time. Uh, if it's just me getting to know people, um, you know, we're, we're, you know, males and females jam together all the time, but it's like, you know, I've auditioned for bands and it, you know, there's been a couple of times and it's like, oh, well, we need a female, uh, singer for this band. And, uh, you know, we want you to look real sexy when you're on stage and, uh, you know, we want to have some hoes and oh, <laughs> high heels and the whole deal. And I'm like, well, listen, I'm probably not, <laughs> not your person. person yeah. <laughs> so that's just crazy. You know, I'm just, I'm just flabbergasted by how often it's, it's mentioned yeah. like, and, and I need I have never ever actually I've never talked to Stephanie about it I probably should at some point well but. then add you know being uh being gay on top of that it's like you almost feel as a gay person like when I would answer to some of these ads it'd be like oh and by the way you know hope, hopefully it's not an issue but I've been with my partner for you know 15 whatever it was 12 15 years at the time right. and you know um and in some cases, it was well received because then he and his wife didn't have to worry that, you know, a woman was going to enter the band and right, perhaps, right. yeah, intrude on the relationship. So, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. It is bizarre. But yeah, it's still out there. Um, I think women are still working pretty hard to try to, to prove that they're equal um, musicians. And I mean, Stephanie, she's a fantastic bass player. Um but yeah, it, it's crazy. Yeah, I just, I've just never got it. I just have never understood. I, I mean, I wanted understand. somebody who plays well. Yeah, and it's exactly. Not, and the other rules, they're not an asshole, right? Right. And and it has yeah. to be those two things. And other than that, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, as you're a good musician and, and we can get along. I yeah. think I told you before, you know, of all the things I've done musically, this is the band mm-hmm. that we get along the best by far. Like we haven't had one argument. That's amazing. In over almost two and a half years now. Wow. But so I just, I don't know. It's just, I'm always a little taken back by it that people think about those things too. And I, I mean, and honestly, um, an added plus, you know, well, at least with, with her is that she had, can do all these high harmonies that, you know, mm-hmm. there's just no way I'm going to be able to pull that off. Yeah. So it's an added dimension too. Absolutely. Um, and so anyway, so that's just kind of interesting that, so it's one of the things I wanted to kind of talk to you a little bit about. If you're still having to deal with that, you'd think we would be beyond that, right? Right. Uh, but, you know, in a lot of ways, we're not. Right. And the same thing. It's getting with, there, though. Yeah. It's same thing with there. having, you know, that you're gay, you know. And I was thinking a little bit before you came over. So, you know, my dad was a musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of his best friends uh, was a guy that, you know, was, quote unquote, single his whole life. Mm-hmm. And uh, he taught and was a phenomenal, had perfect pitch, phenomenal pianist. I mean, he was an amazing, super nice guy. Uh, and when he retired, you know, my parents had to say that he had moved to Palm Springs uh, and had a roommate, you know, quote unquote roommate. Right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that was not that long ago mm-hmm. that you had to tell those white lies to right. people. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, it is. So, I mean, it's good in some ways it's better, but obviously we still have a ways to go. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit. I want to hear about your upcoming shows. So what I always do with these is I put on uh, there will be links at the bottom of the podcast it'll be a link to radio red we'll put a link to mad libby and some of the places so tell me what you got coming up so uh for radio red we have a 
it's our last electric show this year. Okay. So when I say electric, it's full on drums and bass and you know distortion and the whole deal. Um, that's November twenty second at the Brick. Okay. And uh, so we're going to be sharing the stage with a few other original bands, and then um, several acoustic gigs coming up. I think December sixth we have uh, Barquet Dog Bar. Which well, that's is down kind of on the Kansas river, City. right? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be doing a acoustic set there, and and the fun thing about just like you all, I mean, when you do the acoustics, we throw in obviously, you know, 90% co- covers versus the originals. Um, so we're adding more, more covers to the set. Yeah. Um, Mad Libby has a show. Yeah. Like you said, November 30th, it's going to be at Davies uptown with pamper the madman. Um, so that's going to be a really good show. And it's funny because, uh, the bass player for pamper, I mean, I've been following them since the early 90s. Right. Like this band back then was just phenomenal in my my opinion. So if you haven't seen them, you really need to. Um, bass player Johnny Hamill, I actually took lessons from him. Okay. He's a, he's a really good guy. Um, so yeah, that's what's happening here in the next month. So are you still writing new stuff with Radio Red? Or you got some, we, how's the songwriting going? We have a lot of songs that we've started. We just need to spend this winter just kind of, you know, sealing them up and, and uh, try to do something with them. They're all just kind of sitting out there, you know, with their hands raised. Pick me, pick me. Right, right. We just really need to funnel in because we've been so busy with shows. And yeah. All and all three of stuff. you, right? Is that the deal? or? Um, usually it starts with, you know, maybe it's a bass, you know, riff, or maybe Scott starts playing something, you know, funky on his guitar. Or I write lyrics in advance. Okay. I have probably 20, 30 songs that I haven't even put music to. Um, and sometimes it works where the cadence right. may have to be a little adjusted, but uh, or the feel of the song kind of brings it forward. So, okay. yeah. That's cool. It's cool. Yeah, lyrics, I think, are harder for me than music. Really? Well, I, this, I don't know if it's just because I'm so garrulous, you know, and uh, but I, it's, it's much more, should be economical. Yeah. I think great lyrics are economical. You look at them. Sure. Uh, and it tells a story with not a ton of words, whereas I'm much more of a prose person, you know, from my journalism days. I Absolutely. I probably am not leaving anything to the imagination. But yep. uh, so how do you approach it? Do you have some ways that you have any tricks or is it just from experience of doing it for years? You know, I usually find myself writing lyrics when I am uh, down about something or I'm affected by something. Um and try to put, you know, more of a positive twist on it. So a lot of it's introspective. Um, you know, back in the 90s when I wrote music, it was pretty dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, a child of the 80s coming out of that happy music mode, um, it was a little shocking to come into the 90s where things were a little gloomy um, from a musical standpoint. And so with that said, you know, you wanted to write in that style. And so... Uh, it it was a little gloomy, but yeah. now that I'm older, I feel like things are are much more introspective and much more positive and and uh, happier. So, That's great. Yeah. See, I told you this wasn't going to be that bad. I don't know. It's, it's been just supposed awesome. to be fun. You're a friend, so this has been way easy. So the last thing I always ask folks, because I'm always interested, is is why did you why have you made music such a, a centerpiece of your life? Like, why do you love music so much? Music is probably one of two or three things that really move me in life. And uh, 
for me, if I didn't have music in my life, I don't know really what I do. Um, it, it's kind of, you know, cause I think about these people that lose like, um, through neuropathy or whatever, they have no feeling in their hands and they can't play piano or they can't play their guitar or, you know, they have to have like, like Steve Perry, who's one of my favorite singers of all time. Um, he just, he can't sing like he used to yeah. because he had so many vocal issues, uh, with his vocal cords. So to me, it's, it's really sad to see that, um, when somebody struggles and, you know, being in my fifties, I feel like, you know, I'm not in a wheelchair. So right. until I can uh, quit doing this, right. I'm going to keep on doing it. Yeah. When, so. I, when I saw Paul McCartney and I was like, well, he's like, I think he was five days short of turning 78 and he played in the Texas heat for three hours Man. and he's the center of the, you know, he's not taking a song off, right? right. He's not the other guy in the bands. You know, exactly. Really. Uh, he's singing every single song he's playing on every single. And I was like, well, man, if he can do that. I probably should stop complaining. Exactly. <laughs> have to play till midnight. He's going to die <laughs> trying. That's right. No, and it and he looks great. Yeah. I mean, he sounds great. I mean, it's just amazing. It's kind of cool. So, and I, did, and I also saw Ringo already announced dates in 2020, and he'll be 80. Sweet. He will See? be 80 years old. So I always say you're never too young to get started. That's right. Very much so. <laughs> well, Elisa, it's so great. I appreciate it. And like thank I said, you. we'll make sure that everybody knows where you're playing and stuff. And uh, thanks for the time and have a good day. Well, thank you. All right. Take care. Well, if you weren't convinced before, surely you must agree that women rock, including my buddy Elisa. I want to thank her so much for taking the time to sit down with me. As I mentioned, Elisa's in two bands, Radio Red, where she is the lead vocalist and bassist, and Mad Libby, where she's the bassist and provides backing vocals. I've seen both bands, and if you love rock and roll, they are worth your time. You'll find the links to those bands' websites, along with some fun clips from YouTube in the show notes. That's it for today's Trading Fours. Be sure to go out and support live music.